0: So I didn't want him to make the same mistake that I had consistently made in business, which really affected my mental and emotional health as a business owner. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses, and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Oh. Driver mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Let's talk about a conversation that I had last week. Well, I want to bring you into this conversation. And it was such an amazing conversation with someone that I've known from around the place, a reasonably driven and successful person. But what had happened was he was consistently stressed out with his team. He felt like a lot of the pressure was on his shoulders in the business. He was getting burnt out, wanted to escape, wanted to go on holidays, wanted that whole like free lifestyle, which... This stuff commonly happens when someone feels trapped, they'll want to escape. And so most people want to escape their life because of the choices that they consistently make that make them feel trapped. This pattern here was pretty obvious to me. I could tell what was going on inside of his head. Also. He said things like, you know, my staff are challenging. I've got great staff, but at the same time, I feel like they always rely upon me. I don't know that I can trust them. They're always making mistakes. They're fucking things up. I think this piece of advice is something that for those out there who are business owners, or even if you work for a entrepreneur who you've got a direct report to, I think this is really, really important. And it's a conversation that not many people have. In fact, I don't know that many people have this conversation. And the mistake is that when someone goes to build a business, most people are pretty ignorant to what that looks like. And I know I am ignorant. Like we're Ignorant to the next step in our own journey. This is why I believe that personal development and personal growth and having the right people around you, like mentors and coaches and things like that, who are on that journey or have been on that journey or who understand that journey and are really, really highly skilled at what they do, will make a massive difference. You know, when I have people who say, you know, personal development's stupid, personal development's dumb, you know, people go to that stuff for idiots, that's cool. But that's the same person who spends the majority of their life using trial and error as their best strategy of navigating life. I've got no fucking idea what I'm doing when it comes to growing a business. All I can go off of is the mentors and the coaches who have gone further than I have or who understand the journey more than I have. I'm essentially walking blind into the next step. I know all the steps up to where I'm at because I've made a lot of mistakes, I've learned a lot, I've had a lot of coaches and mentors and people around me and I've read a lot of books and they've all helped me to understand the journey. So I can make better decisions and success really comes down to good decision-making. Also, this is the thing that most people try to avoid is decisions. And so most people don't succeed because they never hone their decision-making skills. But by learning and growing and having the right people around you, you can make better decisions. And when you make better decisions, you get better results. In life, if you don't have a way of growing and you don't have a map for your life, you don't have clear direction you don't know how to navigate a lot of the stresses, the challenges and the pressures that come with growing, then what will happen is you'll be like most people where they will use alcohol as a way of dealing with their mental and emotional stress. Alcohol really doesn't have a lot of benefits. It's a suppressant. So people will drink and then it just suppresses their emotions. Now, most people drink and then they go, well, I had a great time. But they're having a great time because without alcohol, they can't have a good time because they're stressed out. They're overthinking. They lack clarity in their life. They're not getting the results that they want. They have unrealistic expectations that they set for themselves. And so because of this, alcohol normally allows them to be more uninhibited. So it's not that they have more fun, it just allows for them to be more uninhibited, where they can go out and just have fun and enjoy themselves and not have all that stress and pressure connected to them inside their own psychology or in their mindset. So some people use drugs and they go, Well, you know, when I have drugs, I feel really, really good. Like I get this massive high and I feel great. Well, that's true because you don't feel great normally. And the reason why you want to feel great with drugs is because normally the choices that you make and the decisions that you make on a daily basis and a weekly basis and how you've set up your life isn't conducive to you enjoying yourself as much as what you could. And so then you use drugs or an artificial way of making you feel good about the life that you've got. There is always exceptions to the rules, but for most people that I've seen, they normally have other stuff going on, which leads them to that. You know, I've had an issue when I was a lot younger where I use food as an emotional suppressant. You know, I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. I didn't really know how to deal with a lot of the crap that was going on inside my own mind. I didn't know how to analyze my thoughts. I had high expectations from people around me, including especially my mum, And so I felt like I could never live up to those expectations. I felt unworthy. I felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like I couldn't achieve the results that I really wanted, which weren't really what I wanted. They were what my mum wanted and society's expectations. And as that happened, I started putting more comparisons upon myself and others. So I would look at social media and there's people on there with better bodies, which would make me feel like shit about myself. And then I would eat. And, you know, I would look at people who had more successful businesses and I'd feel like shit. And so my way of dealing with that was I would eat because it would make me feel better. But the truth is that nothing outside of you makes you feel good about yourself. It's really what's going on in the inside. I mean... You can't really fix something internally with something externally, like it's only a short-term solution in most cases. Now there's always exceptions to the rules as I mentioned, but that's normally the case. So you can't really deal with your stress with something external from yourself. And you can't really deal with pressure from something external unless it's immediately gratifying and it'll normally wear off and so on. So anyway, let me keep going back to my story. What I've noticed is that a lot of business owners also feel that same pressure. They have no fucking idea what they're doing. And that's almost every business owner I've ever come across, whether they've got a hundred million dollar business, whether they've got close to a billion dollar business, whether they've got a business that's making 60 or 80 grand a year. Everybody's afraid and they're afraid of making mistakes because it costs them money. It costs them time. Also, it upsets people or it frustrates people. There's also the fear of criticism, the fear of judgment, the fear of not being good enough, the fear of what will other people think. These are all common for all business owners. And so they're trying to navigate business, which is something that they've never done before at the level that they're at. So if you've got a $3 million business and you wanna grow to a $6 million business, you don't know the steps to grow to a $6 million business. The only way you can do it is through trial and error, or you can learn from someone else's journey, which means mentors, which means coaches, which means reading books which means learning as fast as you can other people's knowledge so that then you can start to solidify some of the learnings from them inside your own mind so you can make better decisions and grow that business faster. If you don't, you'll do what most people do and they fuck things up and they waste a lot of time and they waste a lot of money and they waste a lot of energy. So anyway, I'm sitting down with this person that I've known from around the place, quite successful business person. And he said to me, I just get so stressed out. Like I really wanna grow my business, but at the same time COVID's impacted us. I feel a bit stressed out. You know, I don't really even know if I wanna do this anymore. And I stopped him. And if you've ever gone back to any of my sales processes or sales trainings that I've done, you know I think the sales trainings that I've done, especially around the decide methodology that I use, that I created, that method there is essentially a multi-billion dollar sales process, which is so simple to use. It's a question asking tool. If you do it well, you can make a lot of money and you can increase your margins in your business as well. So you can ask for a higher price and it takes a lot of pressure off of business owners. So anyway, I stuck to this script from the decide method and I helped him clarify and I said, look, it sounds like what's going on is you've built a business that you think you should have built from looking at how other people have built a business. And he said, okay, go on. And I said, I think the biggest problem is, and this is what happens with most business owners, is that they go, shit, I need some marketing. I'm just going to hire a marketing person and I need some sales people, so I'm going to hire a salesperson, and I need someone who can do fulfillment or delivery. So I'm going to hire someone who can do fulfillment or delivery. So that might be a carpenter or your plumber, or it might be someone who works for you, who delivers content or whatever it is. And so slowly you start hiring all these people. Now, these people then rely upon you in order to make decisions because they haven't been trained in the decision making process. They also don't understand your values. So when they come to work, you've essentially hired them to do the job that you expect them to do based on the expectations that you have that you haven't really set clearly. And so what will happen is you'll build a team or a business who they may be all great people. Okay, I'm not saying that they're not. They might be all great people. They might've had competencies, but at the same time, they don't work in the skill set of helping you perform better. Now, this is different if you've got a corporate business and you've got investors and all that stuff. Normally you build a business and you structure it out in a different way. But if you're someone who has a trade-based business or you've got a small business and it's grown to a larger business or a medium-sized business, what will normally happen is you are highly skilled at something or you're normally highly skilled at selling. You've got a skill set there that the business relies upon. So for me, it is content and teaching. That's what I love. I love teaching, I love researching, I love coaching. They're the things that I'm highly, highly skilled at. Then from there, what will happen is in our business, I will then try to build out other skill sets. And I'm just using our business as an example because I've made this mistake in the past and I've had to go through and clean it all up now. We're coming out of the other side and it's a lot better now. But what will happen then is that because I learn so much and I grow so much, I'm also the head of marketing, the head of sales, the branding overviewer. So I look at all the branding. I'm the main go-to person for the majority of our high-level customers or even just our customers in general. They will get access to me because they know that, you know, if they message me on social media, I'll normally respond or whatever. And so all that happens is I get clogged up with all this work. Now, these are people who essentially pay us money. So the fulfillment side of it is about 99% me. Then from there, what will happen is I still have to be responsible for then growing the team. So I've got to do hiring, recruiting. I've still got to do an overview of the the administration because administration fuck up stuff and then the customers get pissed off. Then I've got to go and build that relationship back with the customer again and so on. And so all that ended up happening. And this is exactly what was happening with this person that I was talking about. All that ends up happening is you end up in a business completely trapped because the staff that you have onboarded are there to do their job. They're not there to support you so that you can do your job knowing that you're the most valuable asset in that business, especially if you are responsible for the delivery of the product and the service. And so this might be the plumber who then hires an admin. The admin will do the admin job, but the plumber will have to look over all the administration all the time, check the finances, everything like that because the admin will just do their job and that's it. The admin doesn't come to work and think, what can I do today in order to take as much pressure off of this person who I work for so that then they can provide the maximum amount of value for the business. And this is unfortunately what happens. You hire management teams and management will come in and they go, hey, we need you for X, Y, and Z. And you're sitting there thinking, fuck, I've got to deliver this product. I've got to deliver the service. I've got to look after the team. I've got to be on top of a lot of the marketing. I've got to do a lot of the selling. I've got to do a lot of the administration stuff. I get told by my business coach that I need to do processes and processes stress me out because I would rather be out there making money. But at the same time, my business isn't growing Staff Rely upon me. I'm resentful because I feel like I make a million dollars a year, but I spend the majority of that money just paying people who don't make my life any easier or who don't provide value in a way of money making in the business. So normally most business owners start getting resentful, they get frustrated, they start going on holidays, they want to escape, they just want to fucking give up on the business. And then, you know, after a couple of days of feeling like shit and maybe drinking themselves stupid, they realize that, you know what, I need to look after the business, so let's get to it again and they try again. And so this is that whole trial and error process. So anyway, I'm talking to this person. I said, it sounds like what's happened is in your business, you have built a team. You didn't build a team that supports you knowing that you're the main person that makes the majority of the income in the business. So therefore, if you're not out there doing customer relations and you're customer facing and then selling jobs, then what happens? The business gets jammed up cash flow wise. And so now what's happening is you've got a whole team of people who are all working, but at the same time, they rely upon you, which means then you can't make money. So then the business stalls financially and financial growth stalls, which then puts financial pressure on you as the business owner, because now you're stressed as shit because money's not coming in. But you know that if you don't keep your eyes on the team and help them all the time, then you're essentially paying for people who can't do a job effectively. And so you then start to become resentful to them you get frustrated, you become a bit more snappy, or if not, you get really resentful and you keep it in. There's something called psychosomatic pain and psychosomatic issues might be shut down of your immune system. You might start having digestive issues. You might start having things like your hair turning gray quite quick. You might notice that you age quite quickly. You might just get sick, like depending on how much you suppress stuff for. And and there's way more research coming out about psychosomatics now. This is something that I love. I love doing this in my spare time is studying this stuff. There is a lot more information coming out now about the effects of your mindset and your emotional state on your physiological health. emotions affect your internal organs. They affect everything from digestion to the way that your liver processes, enzymes, and a whole bunch of stuff. And in fact, if you just think about eating food, you'll start to salivate. So it shows that your body has a reaction to thought processes, and this is pretty obvious, but it definitely affects your digestive system. It also affects your heart. There is so much data now that shows that people who tend to have heart attacks tend to have a lot more stress, a lot more pressure and tend to suppress a lot more of their anger and aggression and resentment. This data is now becoming a lot more available, which I think is due to the impact of people talking a lot more about mental health is that there is a lot more research coming out about psychology and through the fields of neuroscience and neurobiology and things like that that are starting to look at the physiological health impacts of thought processes. So anyway, this person becomes more resentful, they start getting sick a bit more, then they get frustrated, they get inside their head, they go home, they go to talk to their partner, then they shut down. So they shut down in their intimate relationship, their partner thinks what's wrong with me, then the only way that their partner gets attention is through an argument. So the partner starts an argument in order to get some form of attention because they can't talk to you after work because you're emotionally shut down because you just fucked off all day. But you don't want to blast everybody, including your partner or your kids. And so now life starts falling apart. And this is what happens to a lot of business owners. So what I said to him, was that we have to now go back in and look at how do we build your business in a way where your team support you. So the hiring process isn't based on how do I find a marketing person? It's how do I find a marketing person who supports me in a marketing role also? How do I find a salesperson that supports me in the sales process? So it needs to come back to not just building the business, it comes back to the support of the person who's doing the majority of the fulfillment in the business. And this happens quite a lot in small to medium-sized businesses. I think once a business scales past anywhere between about 3 to $5 million. The pressure sort of relieves off a little bit, but it also depends on what the business is selling. I mean, if one person sells one product for $5 million, it's different than a business that has to sell a thousand widgets or gadgets or shit like that in order to make that same revenue. And it's completely different from someone who is selling a $3 product on Amazon that's now doing $5 million in turnover. That's gonna require a lot more fulfillment and a lot more staff than that one person who sells one $5 million product. So it also depends on the business model. But the point that I'm getting at here is that if you're listening to this and you are a business owner and you are someone who has built a business, but you feel trapped in your business, it is really, really important to go back and analyze, did you hire people as a support role for you? Or did you hire people in order to do a job? Because that small little difference can make all the difference to your stress levels. And so what I said to him, fortunately enough, he's signed up to come to our 12-month business growth odyssey program, which we do have people who fly from all around the country who come to that event in order to grow their business. And he's jumped in to do that. But what I've helped him with is to start to understand that now his communication with the team is, we have to get you on board to be able to help me. And this This is why. And they need to understand that if the business does a million dollars in turnover every year and you do $999,000 in sales, then almost every sale is on your shoulders. Then if you have to manage the team, then you also have to sell almost everything. So you pay all the wages, you do all the sales, and at the same time, you have to also manage the team you're doing three high level job roles. No wonder why you're fucking stressed. Then you also have to look over finances. So now you're doing a partial finance role. So you might have, you know, an administration person who does some data entry and you might also have a bookkeeper and accountant. But at the same time, you still got to manage all the finances, pay bills, all that sort of stuff. So you've got that as a part-time job as well. No wonder why you're stressed. Now, a lot of people who work for entrepreneurial type people in a small business they don't realize the amount of pressure and stress. I was just talking to a client then, I just came from a lunch and we were just having a bit of a chat there. And he said that he had a family member who wanted to go out and start a business because his family member sees what this person who is our client has achieved. And so he wants to go out and start his own business because he thinks, why would I work for someone else and make $60 an hour when I can go out and make $120 an hour? But what he doesn't realize is out of that $120 per hour, yeah, you get paid more if you're an individual, but now you've got to go out, you've got to buy a work van. You have to buy tools. So now you've got to pay for all that. You also have to be responsible for the administration. You've got to now be responsible for the sales, the marketing, and then the delivery of the product. Now, if you crash your car or you have an insurance issue, then let's say you put a dent in the side of the car, you now have to pay the insurance as well. You also have to pay your tax rate. So, whatever your tax rate is, let's say now you're making, you've now just increased your tax rate. So you might go from 30% to now you've got to pay. So you've actually just lost 10% of the growth that you've got by going out on your own. And then you've got electricity, you've got to buy a new computer, you've got to have software in order to manage stuff like projects and jobs and all that sort of stuff. So now my question is, is it worthwhile going out and getting an extra $50 an hour? Maybe not. If you're on $50 an hour and you've gone to $100, or let's say you're on $25 an hour and you've gone to $100. Is that extra $75 worth it? By the time you pay tax, because if you're on a 40% tax rate, that $100, you lost $40 immediately by the tax man. And then by the time you pay everything else, and now instead of going home at five o'clock at night or finishing at five, 5.30, you now have to work until eight or nine o'clock every night. And you've also got to pull weekends in order to cover all the costs. So you might go from earning $1,000 a week to earning $3,000 a week. But at the same time, you now have every week you end up paying $1,000 in tax or, you know, $1,300 in tax. Then you've also got to cover the rents, like the vehicle expenses, all that sort of shit. So it's probably not really worth it for most people. And so yeah, we're just having a bit of a laugh about that. Like if you wanna run a business, it's fucking tough. It's really, really tough. And I try to convince most people not to start a business unless you're really, really keen and you understand what it takes. But also if you're one of those people out there who are driven to run a business, then you need to think about what the business looks like as it starts to grow. And as it starts to grow, if you're the primary income earner and you're the primary person that everyone else relies upon in that business, it's either done that, it's set up that way through sheer ignorance, which that's what happens in most cases. Another reason why a business relies upon an individual is because that individual is insecure and wants to control everything and so they micromanage things. They want to have an oversight over everything and so that creates a lot of issues and a lot of problems in that business as well. And so some business owners, because of their insecurities, they love being the center of attention. They love being responsible for everything and they love making sure that they overview everything, but at the same time, they're stressed out, burnt out, tired. They don't really want to run a business. They want to be the center of attention. If you want to run a business, then you've got to build a business. And for most business owners, they don't know what that looks like. But I really wanted to make sure in this podcast that you think about if you're a business owner or you're a sole trader or anything like that. How have you built your team? What does that look like? What's the strategy moving forward? Because most people don't really know. And so because of that, they're just using trial and error. And when I just had lunch with this community member, we were talking about it and I said, what we need to do is work on a strategic plan and this is the cost. And he said, shit, I don't really wanna spend that money. And I said, you're gonna spend that money either way. You're gonna spend that money through fuck-ups or you're gonna spend that money working with me going through this and I'll help you out. And so you won't have to blow all that cash on all mistakes and wasted time and wasted energy and all that. And in fact, I would probably say that the majority of the money that I've earned over the years has gone in mistakes. So if over the last 13 years let's just say, I'll just round it out. Let's say over 13 years, I've earned $13 million. I would say that the majority of that money has gone through learning and also a lot of mistakes. Mistakes from tax-wise, mistakes from accounting, mistakes from hiring the wrong stuff. Like if you think about it, if you're hiring a $70,000 a year employee and they're six months in, and then you realize that they're shit, you have not only just got rid of that person who has really added no value to the company. And let's say they're on $70,000 a year. So we're talking about around about $35,000. You've invested in them already and paid them in a wage. And at the same time, they've taken up your time. They've taken up other staff time. So we might be at $100,000 now. They may have pissed off a couple of customers. So you might have just wasted $100,000. $150,000 in opportunity costs. And most business owners will complain about having to go to an event or to get a coach or to get a mentor or whatever. Wow, that's expensive. Not when you look at what happens when you hire one shit staff member. So it's just something to think about. That's why I really wanted to talk about this because it's something that I don't think a lot of people really talk about. And also a lot of employees don't understand the amount of pressure and stress on a business owner. And if you work for someone who is the center person in a business, it is so important to try to help them and take work off of them instead of making your life easier and their life more complicated because you'll find that they get more angry, more shut down, more suppressed, more fucked off and the culture of the business won't be good and eventually you won't want to work there anyway. It's not always that the boss is just a dick, it's just that the boss is a dick because they don't know how to communicate, they're not effective in leadership, they're not effective in management, they've got too much pressure on their shoulders, they don't know how to deal with things, they have poor coping mechanisms, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on with most business owners that I know and they don't know how to deal with all this stuff and so yeah, they end up having higher staff turnover They have a lot of problems inside their business. Cash flow is always strained. You know, all of these issues happen just because most business owners don't really know how to grow a business and that's quite normal. Anyway, mofos, I hope that this helps. I want to say a massive thank you to all of those out there who have been sharing this podcast. It really does make a massive difference. So thank you all of those and all of you out there who have been rating the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. I know all you have to do is just click that star rating. Takes about two seconds and you can give it a star rating. I know we've cracked over 50, I think now on Spotify. So I appreciate every one of you who are rating this podcast. Also, all of those who are sharing it with their friends and family. Every week I get messages from people who say, someone put me onto this podcast. I'm enjoying it or I'm loving it. Thank you so much. I always remember who those people are who have told people about the podcast. So a massive thank you to all of those or all of you out there. I wouldn't do this if it wasn't for the community that we got. You know, I love really seeing people grow and seeing people excel, whether it's in mindset or in their business or even just in their lifestyle. So I just want to help people to excel and keep kicking. Massive goals. So I do this. Anyway, Driven Mofos, a massive thank you and keep kicking goals. And I look forward to you joining me once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Peace out and take care.